Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition. That is Zach. I am Braden. Welcome to the program. Defense, Titans, every position. We're going to predict every single spot on the roster today. We did the offense on Monday, so go check out that episode. Uh, We're going to do the defense today. Again, lots of college football next week on the show as we will be live from Atlanta. So we'll give you some updates on scheduling for for next week. But uh, lots of Titans defense today on the show. Zach, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. We did 25 roster spots on Monday when we talked about the offense. We filled 25. That's three quarterbacks, eight offensive linemen, three tight ends, five running backs, and six wide receivers. So that means we got a a, a ton to fill up today. <laughs> and some special, got, got to get some special team stuff yeah. in there as well. So uh, again, a little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, we're going to focus on the Titans defense. Lots of college football stuff that's going on. We're going to be live from Atlanta next week. Little slight programming note for you guys. Next next week's show will be, instead of Monday at 1 o'clock, it will be Tuesday at 1 o'clock. We're going to let day one and day two of Media Days start to happen. We'll give you like a midway halftime update of SEC Media Days live from Atlanta. So we'll be doing that next week on the show. So uh, set your notifications. Really, Zach, if you just set your notifications... You're going to be good. You won't ever miss a show. You won't. You'll be good to go no matter what happens. Yeah. No matter what time. Exactly. It makes no sense not to go ahead and head over to the YouTube page for 440 Sports or the YouTube page, even for Broadway Sports Media, if you want to. And turn on notifications for both. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. I think we're going to be on Twitch sooner or later, but (laughs) mainly come to YouTube because that's where you know for sure you can interact with the show. And if you would like to chime in, of course, we'll make sure we get the comments up and running on the show. So go ahead and get those questions in. If you've got any questions about the Titans defense today on the show, again, we're going to go position by position and set all of that up. We will be or back. If you in- want to tell us what we got wrong on Monday, you That's can fine. You, we'll, cu- we'll do a call back if we need to. Totally fine for me. I got no problems being wrong. My wife says that all the time. So it's all good. Um, uh, of course, we will be back in the Cast Collective studio. Not next week, but the week after that. That again, it's just so everybody knows, SEC Media Days next week. I think I've mentioned it now a few times. A uh, little different schedule, Tuesday show instead of Monday. Uh, however, all of the shows, no matter when they happen and no matter where they take place, Zach, are brought to you by the wonderful and amazing folks at the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And I might add, Zach, award winning. Oh, I like it. They're like me, they're award winning. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. It uh, doesn't matter what awards we're talking about. You have won an award, as has the Kingston Group. Listen, they built our carport for us with the shed, and it's all fancy and stuff. It's got the tray ceiling with the ceiling fan and the dimmer switches, and it's very swanky. Sounds very like Kingston swank. Group is for winners. <laughs> yes. I, I would like to get an award at some point, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but Kingston Group does. You do. So I'm in good company here on the there show. There you go. That's- that's what matters. You're you're so. a winner by uh, association. <laughs> yes, that's I'm totally fine with that. Uh, buildkg.com is the website, so go to there, check them out. Buildkg.com and tell them that 440 Sports sent you. Make sure you follow all the Twitter accounts as well at 440 Sports at Pod, at Braden Gall at Broadway Sports Media, all that great stuff. So make sure you're checking out all of that. All right, so. Are we going to start with the defensive line, or do we have a broader question we'd like to ask about the Titans? Well, defense? I mean, today's all about the Titans defense, right? And that's what we're really focused on. We're going to fill off, fill up those, uh, I guess, 26 roster spots that are left that we uh, constructed on uh, Sunday. Kind of like Kingston Group constructs your uh, kitchen, we are constructing the Titans roster. See, I like that. Synergy like right that. there. I like that. <laughs> but I think, I think what helps the final 53 and – I look at the defense. The defense is obviously going to carry the bulk, including special teams, the bulk of the roster. And 
I look at how versatility helps the final 53, specifically players like Danico Autry mainly, but also Ola Adani. And don't forget, Rashad Weaver is also someone they've been putting on the defensive line and outside linebacker spot. For the purposes of today, I am treating Ola and Rashad as outside linebackers and Danico as a defensive lineman. I, I did both. Of that. That's exactly how I did it as well. Yeah. But when you talk about it, you know, this has been something that they have harped on since Mike Vrabel took over. Front multiplicity, coverage consistency. And I kind of think it's almost like front multiplicity, coverage consistency, coverage multiplicity, <laughs> because pretty much it's all, it's all ever there. They have about 10 people that can play multiple spots at a high level. Yeah. And that helps the 53. Cause that means you may be able to pick up a seventh wide receiver if you wanted to, because right. you, can, you don't need to carry all these defensive linemen and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's front multiplicity, but pass rush consistency. There that's you go. We, that's what we want. Uh, it, it's like coverage consistency, but as long as it's consistently disguised right. every time, like that's, that's what, that's what it's all about. So I, I agree with you. I think there are a few players here. And again, I think to your point about Danico Autry, Rashad Weaver, for example, uh, you know, on pass rush downs, you'd like Weaver to be outside or maybe inside because he allows you to get a third pass rusher on the field. If you're playing in a run situation on first and 10, what Weaver's going to be kicked out because that's where you get a bigger body in a stronger situation, holding the edge there, maybe against the run. So they, they allow it, those pieces. There's some nice pieces in there that allow for some flexibility um, as it, as it pertains to the front seven, that is for sure. All right. You want to start with the defensive line specifically? Yeah. Let's, let's do the defensive line. And apparently it didn't, let's go to the, def talk about the defensive line. Set me up. All right. Real quick. All right. So the defense, the defensive line here, I think this is actually where there could be an extra piece or a surprise when we get done with camp, by the way, practice opens officially, I believe 9 30 AM on July 27th. Mike Vrabel will have a press conference, I believe on the 26th. So the, the media's first practice availability would be July 27th at like 9 30 AM. I think, um, and I think the defensive line is where you could see some actual surprises at the end of camp where maybe a guy or two, and I've got a name on here that you, I, I, maybe you have, maybe you don't have that I think could be a surprise. I think it is a very heated battle for the final two spots in the, on the defensive line. Yeah. I, I think if, while we're including Danico Autry, it's Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart, Danico Autry, Naquan Jones are a lock. Yes. They are absolute locks. Now, what you got is Merch, who is a former fifth-round pick, Lorel Murchison, the big Merch, who has kind of just blended in, whether it was uh, Kyle Peko last year. He's just, you don't really notice Merch, but that's also a good thing and a bad thing, right? He's not right. He's not doing anything that's hurting the team, but he's not doing anything that really elevates the team. Like, you notice Tier Tart. You notice Naquan Jones, both undrafted free agents. And to me, I, a lot of people are kind of, putting in marker that Laurel Murchison is making the roster that I've seen a few I, people discuss. I wouldn't, I don't have uh, him on my 53 right now. And, and, and I don't think you should. I think, I think at a certain point, a guy's just a guy. And does he have any upside? No. And that's the problem that you have, but he is, don't forget. He is relatively young. I think he's just now turned 24 and he's already been, this is a third year in the league. So he's not old. Technically he's just not, spectacular or noticeable and i think sometimes yeah. that can hurt you especially when they bring in guys like deshaun hand demarcus walker who demarcus walker is coming from houston a lot of people have him markered in and and sharpie that he's gonna make it because oh he's a he's a houston guy 
So obviously he's <laughs> going to make the roster. I don't think he's a lock either. I, I think when you really comes down to it, you, I don't really know who I'm penciling in at that fifth spot, but I do know they're going to carry five defensive linemen, including not six. Five. You don't think there could be I, a sixth guy. There may be if you, if I, and I'll get to where I think an extra floater roster position could come from later on in the show, but it, it is a possibility. But I also don't think with okay. the injuries that they have, it's necessarily needed. We, we will also, of course, for each one of these positions, explain where we think they belong inside the AFC right. South in terms of we did that on Monday for the offense as well. So I think you're right. Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, uh, Naquan Jones, TR Tart. I think those four are absolute locks. I have, when I projected, I put two more players in along the D line and that was Jaden Peavy and Demarcus Walker. Not because he played in Houston, but because he's a fully formed grown adult professional football player who's 6'4", 280 pounds. I think those two are the two that that I think PV and Walker, one of those two is going to make the roster. I, I could see both. I put both on here because I, to your point about the Titans' flexibility, like they actually have an extra spot or two to play with. And, and the, the thing is when you really, they play a lot of two defensive linemen. So technically, you know, Danico Autry's off ball at certain points because Jeffrey Simmons and Tierra Tar, Jeffrey Simmons, and Naquan Jones are up front. Right. I think that's the, that's the issue with carrying six is that they don't necessarily would ever utilize six where they may utilize someone else. I think Demarcus Walker, who in limited uh, playing time with the Denver Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, that's where he came from before Houston, he actually had like five and a half sacks. And that was very, very limited playing time on that team. And when you have someone that has that kind of effect in limited playing time, you still get five and a half sacks. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that's a guy that has some talent, but then he goes to Houston and he's sort of just lost in the rotation. Yep. And I think that this defensive line group is so deep, it's going to be easy to be lost in the rotation if you don't stand out in this training camp. And, and they don't have to keep you. You're fighting for, I, right. to me, a fifth spot on the defensive line is locked in. We don't know who it is yet, but I mean, that's a locked in spot. I think six is a luxury. I think to your point about you better be good. You better wow some people. That's why I went with PV or Walker because I think he's got the the body, right? They they have the ta the talent. Like whereas Merch I think has like the experience and some of the knowledge of the system and what they want to do because he's been here. I don't think he has the upside of of Jaden PV. I think PV has the most upside of all of them to be a true either one of those two interior lineman positions. I think Walker feels like a little bit of a luxury. You could also be flexible and move inside and outside as well. I would be surprised if it's not one of those two because of their upside. Yeah, now, are, think, they gonna, are they going to keep six? Probably not, but that's what I did. Yeah, I think PV and Haskell, if they don't make it onto the roster, are obviously going to be on the practice squad. I do think that you may see two people land on the practice squad yeah. off the back end of this list, including Deshaun Han, who we haven't really talked about, who was a good player at Alabama, and we know that the Titans can get more out of most players when other teams can't. As far as where this ranks, to me, it's tough because I kind of like what they did in Indianapolis with signing Yannick and Gakwe, but it's just Yannick and Buckner. There's no depth behind it. I think, and I think Simmons and Autry are a better combination than those two. So it's hard. How do you do it though? Do you include outside linebackers though? Like I feel like I, I am not in, in this particular thing, but if you do, then it's the Titans. I mean, it's hands down Titans if you conclude both. This is this is how I would do it. Let's take away inside linebacker and give the edge to the Colts. 
But yeah. if you but if you go outside linebacker and true defensive line and kind of put them and say your front line, I think it is the Titans one, Colts two, and I think they are head and shoulders above everybody else. I think I, the, I would agree with that. I think the Colts front line is very good. I just don't think it's as good as the Titans, but I think they're both much better than than Houston and Jacksonville. I, I think I think and the problem I have with the Colts is I don't think it's deep. Like I don't think anything that the Colts have anywhere besides maybe running back is deep enough to to sustain a bunch of injuries. I I just don't see yeah. it. Uh, I you know I just look at the defensive defense as a whole. You take one or two players out of that thing. I don't think that yeah. they can keep up the momentum. And and Jacksonville's got some really nice pieces. We'll see how they act at, at all these places. But it's like it's kind of like I like their outside linebackers better than their defensive line. But I I like their inside linebackers, but not as much as the Titans. But like not as much as Darius Leonard. So it's kind of like. How do you, it's it's almost like front seven as a group you have to kind of look well, at. Well, if it's front seven as a group without the inside linebackers, Titans are the clear one favorite. And yes. and listen, we're we're not going to really talk a lot about the outside linebacker position, but I just because it's kind of we've seen it right. It's the same four as last year, except for Rashad Weaver will be healthy. But it's Bud Dupree, it's Harold Landry. The the thing is, Bud Dupree come back from injury. That's the most important key for this defense because he's a force multiplier when healthy, even when he's not fully healthy, he was still force multiplier when he's on the field. Just proven. It's just proven. Like, I don't know how many times anybody has to say it. Despite what all the internet people will tell you that he's not a force multiplier. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't listen to them. That's why you listen to this show. Of course, uh, on the 440 sports net, Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, Rashad Weaver, Ola Adenahi. Yeah, that's it. Right. Right. So those are the four I've got, uh, at outside linebacker. It's uh, who, who did you have at number five for your defensive line? Who was official? I think if I I don't have anybody official, but I think if I was if I was a betting man, I would probably put Demarcus Walker. Okay, that's fair. We're on the same we're we're in the same ballpark. Yeah, then. that's yeah. for sure. All right, you want to go inside linebacker here? Yeah, let's um, go inside linebacker. So I think, I think it's a strength of this defense right now. David Long, Zach Cunningham, Monty Rice, Chance Campbell, Dylan Cole, and Chance Dylan Campbell. Cole? I think they're yeah. carrying five inside linebackers due to special teams needs. Okay. And I think because Dylan Cole plays such explosive special teams, I think they're going to carry five. And and really, they can carry five. That's not even the roster spot that I have that's floating around that I talked about earlier. I They can carry five easily and, and justify it by special teams um, work because I think Chance Campbell is going to probably work in a special teams a little bit. But I, I look at Chance Campbell as him and um, Zach Cunningham oh, are kind of the same. Like they 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 they're very instinctive, but they may be a liability in pass coverage. And I think David Long and Monty Rice are the same. And I think Dylan Cole can play both spots when needed and play special teams. Is there a chance Campbell? Sounds weird. Is there a chance that Chance Campbell doesn't make the team? At- at all and is not on the active roster. He's more of a practice squad guy. Cole was the first guy into the... Now, again, take this for what it's yeah. worth. It, it, it just is what it is. But when they went second team uh, during OTAs and minicamp, Cole was one of the first guys in. I think we mentioned that on the show a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Campbell looks very... Inst- like you said, very instinctual. He looks like he knows what he's supposed to be doing. But sometimes he's gonna, just going to get out-athleted, I think. And so can he overcome that? Is there a chance that he's not on the final 53? I think there's a chance. I I think there's a chance, but I don't really know maybe a ninth offensive lineman or a seventh wide receiver or seventh cornerback, I guess. But I think that 
they saw something in him to take him in the six. And while we've seen Des Fitzpatrick and not make the team, even though he's a fourth round pick last year and he went on the practice squad in the final 53, I think Chance Campbell's a better rookie than yeah. what Des Fitzpatrick yes. was. And yeah. I think I think they really like what Chance Campbell can bring. He may not be active on game days, but I think he has a good chance to make the final 53. I think that's that sounds right. I you know was it forty six that are active forty seven yeah. if you if you carry an eighth offensive lineman. Um, it's interesting though to see the evolution of this position though, to go sort of from like Rashawn Evans to then Jayon Brown now to David Long. It's like they're getting smaller. We're just yeah. going to get smaller and smaller. But Cunningham is just such a. I think Cunningham is a, a a great player in the middle there. We'll see what his game now looks like in this defense as a full with a full off season and and sort of all the time to to get acclimated, but. It has changed a lot over the last few years, yeah. this position has. And I th don't think it's as big a liability or question mark as what you have seen in previous years. You know, Jayon Brown had the injury. Rashawn Evans just wasn't that good. Um, I think this is all corrected, and I think it's one of the – it's a pretty deep spot for the Tennessee Titans. And I'll say this about David Long. I know a lot of people are going to – a lot of Titans fans are going to say, oh, he's going to get paid big money on the, on the free agent market. No, we talked about it on the football and other efforts with Mike Harden this past week and new episode out. If you have a list to it, wherever you get podcasts, Ooh, we talked about David long and about how he may be typically scheme dependent and he may be, he's too undersized. And I think when you have those two things, you, you yourself, that he's worth every penny the Titans are willing to pay him. I think when, you know, when Dane Crookshank was hitting the free agent market, everybody said, oh, he's going to get paid a lot of money. Hey, we better lock him up because he's going to get paid a lot of money. Got one-year contract, $3 million deal. Same yeah. thing with Jimmy Brown. I think that they're – I think free the free agent market is picking up that certain players that are undersized or maybe not as unathletic or not as athletic as other NFL players that thrive in the Tennessee Titans system – aren't going to thrive in their systems. And I think the market is cold for certain players on this Tennessee Titans roster. I, I agree. I think Brown and long are very specific pieces of a bigger puzzle and they work very well in that puzzle. I listen, I, you will not meet a bigger Jayon Brown fan than me. I, I think Jayon Brown, I love the way he plays the game. Super smart guy. I think he was a great member of the team, all that stuff. I just think the injury history and, and maybe the cost, you know, and, and basically a replacement who's a, a similar version of him with David Long. I think David Long's a little bit more punchy in the box. Yeah. Even though he's a little undersized, he do does not care about his body. That can be a good thing. And it can be a concern as well. I do think there's a question about uh, how long he can play like that inside the box in an NFL defense. I think that's why Cunningham, the bigger, the bit much bigger player is going to have to do some of the things that, Frankly, Rashawn Evans couldn't, right? right? Like, I mean, I think that's the point. Um, front seven, do you think they are better as a whole today than they were at this time last year? And where does your entire front seven, inside, outside, defensive line, uh, where do you rank in the AFC, the Titans, and all the, everybody else? I, I would say it is 100 times better because it's addition by subtraction by not having Rashawn Evans. So it's 100 times better than last year. And I think that with another year, Jeffrey Simmons, another year, Danico Autry, Naquan Jones taking the, another step forward, Zach Cunningham in place of Rashawn Evans. I think David Long is an upgrade over Jayon Brown. I think the outside linebackers are fully healthy in Harold Landry and in Bud Dupree. I think it's an, uh, a, even though I really like the inside linebackers at the Colts, I think they are better than the Titans inside linebackers. I still think the front seven is number one in the AFC South and yeah. one of the better front sevens in the NFL.
I, I completely agree with that. Plus Rashard Weaver, like that's an additional right. piece that you didn't really have last year. So I think they are better this year. I think they're better than the Colts, but just bear. I think the Colts front seven as a collective is, uh, is, is pretty damn good. I, I would put the Titans above them. I think they're two of the best front sevens in, in, in football, as long as the Colts guys stay healthy. Uh, which again is a big question for Darius. And as Leonard. long as Gus Bradley's scheme works, right? Yeah, because exactly. I know that may be similar to the Matt Eberflus, but Matt Eberflus is, I think, a way better defensive coordinator than Gus Bradley, and I think he's shown that. Okay, so it sounds like Titans one. I would go Jacksonville three. Yeah, Houston, Houston four, which is largely going to be what everything happened. <laughs> every, right, every position group is Houston four, Jacksonville three, basically. Um, all right, cornerback. Uh, I have. Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden, Roger McCreary. And I think there's some interesting decisions here, but I think they are operating from a position of luxury. I went with Chris Jackson and Buster Screen. Exactly. But I think you I think they've got a couple of options here. Those are the two I would pick. I I, I think that people are overinflating these other guys, and I don't even care about these other guys. Greg, uh, Ma- Greg, Greg Maven? I, I don't think he makes it over Buster Screen. Like I, I think Greg Maben is going to end up back on the practice squad if he's practice squad eligible. Uh, I think he may be because he hasn't accumulated enough games. But like I, I see people talking about Trey Swilling, and I see people talk about um, who's the other guy. I mean, the only one I wrote I've written down oh, here is, is Maben. Yeah, I, I think Maben may make it, but I don't think he's going to make it over Buster Screen. I think no, I they think so. really like Buster Screen, and so then who do you put Greg Maben in over it? Because all the younger guys, I think, are better than Greg Maben. No, I, I do. I think Swilling is an interesting player. I think he's an he's got an interesting talent. He'll be practice squad for sure. Yes, I think he. I think you want to keep him on in the organization. I think you yeah. want to see if you can develop him and keep him in the organization. I thought Chris Jackson looked pretty good in camp. Like he was very comfortable, never out of position. You know, maybe he's limited physically, but he was never doing it. Like him and Buster Screen were kind of in the right place at all times. And I think, like, I don't remember the secondary. I don't remember the defensive coaching staff talking to them at all. Like, they were talking to the linebackers a lot. They were not, and the safeties, they were not talking to to the corners very much. For, for I, I again, think, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I, I think that Chris Jackson is such a good signing that it's often or draft pick that's often overlooked because he's a seventh round pick, and he does have. For a seventh-round pick out of Marshall, he does have a little bit of flaws to his game here and there, and they show up sometimes. But overall, the, def- the with the defensive line, your cornerback group being this young, it's it, they work in sync. I, I think that if you were to take Chris Jackson and put him on another team, you probably wouldn't even know who he was. I think that the same can be said for Buster Screen, who we know and have seen float around the league. He's kind of found a little permanent home here, and he seems to be well-liked by the coaching staff, by yeah. the media, by the fans. I think that because of this defensive line group, because of the offensive linebackers, that front seven, it allows you to be able to get away with carrying six. I don't think they'll carry more than six of cornerbacks. And I think it's going to be the same group plus uh, Roger McCreary that you saw last year. It is a very fun, interesting, athletic, talented, versatile group of players. It's right. just a, it is a good group of dudes, man. They've got big size guys that are on the outside. They've got tough, physical, hard nosed dudes that are real strong and play inside. They've got speed on the outside. Like they've, they kind of have a guy that can do almost everything that you can ask a secondary player to do. And they've got one of those. 
Yeah. And and they're all young and cheap right now. <laughs> so and they can the... all play multiple spots, right? Yeah. And I think that's another thing is that they can all line up outside. They can all line up in the slot. They could probably all cover tight ends. I mean, they can pretty much do whatever you need them to do. And that's what the Titans want. And that's what the Titans like. That's the theme of the defense right now is they could throw about a hundred combinations of 11 different players out on defense and, and match up with almost any offense in the league. I think Vrabel sits back and is just like, like feast. Like he looks at the different combinations and creativity he can be. And it's like a Belichickian, like, Oh, we might have one down lineman this week. We might, we might have five down linemen this week. We might have one linebacker. We might have three. We might have six DBs. We might have three. Like I, I think he sees all the different iterations and he gets like just it's a just, fever dream. It's he's fully fever, aroused. It's a, de- it's a <laughs> defensive coordinator's fever dream to have the talent the Titans have amassed over the last three seasons. Yes. Yeah. He he is fully aroused when he watches the different flexibilities oh, yeah. and tapes. And hence, I'll have to say get a little tired. I get aroused. I get aroused watching this team play defense. I I thought it was the most fun that I've, I've seen I've had since the Titans went thirteen and three watching a Tennessee Titans defense. Now I will say now first of all I'm wearing, I'm not even wearing pants right now. I'm so excited to talk yeah. about the, the Titans defense. I will say and, and Donovan we'll get to your question here momentarily, but I, I think that what's interesting is defensive metrics. And I was here I was listening to the um, Music City Audible of course shout out to the guys Justin and Justin talking about how the defensive metrics don't always. You know, there's they're harder to predict. They're not as linear when it and certainly the Titans defense is a is an example of this where they've kind of gone way up and down the last couple of seasons. I just don't. I, there's no way I can look at this talent and say they're the best defensive line in the division, the best set of outside linebackers in the division, the best defensive front in the division, the best corners in the division, maybe the best corners in the AFC. I think the Colts are number two. Ooh. I think the Colts are number two, but like a distant number two if everybody's healthy. That corner, we'll get to safety in a second, but the Bills. I mean, I think that the good. Bills uh, the cornerbacks are pretty good. I I, okay. I I have a hard time jumping all in on the cornerback group as the best in the division. I think that right now the Colts and, are better, and the Titans are the same. Wow, I'm surprised you said that because well, Gilmore Gilmore. That's the old. thing is that we got to see right. We got to see what Caleb Farley can do. We got to see what Roger McCreary can do. Can right. Buster Screen okay. duplicate? Can Christian Fulton duplicate their success? I'm I'm pretty confident in Elijah Molden, but then you got to look over there. Okay, is Gilmore is Kenny Moore going to come back and and you know get paid? Is Stephon Gilmore, is he going to be who he was last or, you know, New England, Stephon Gilmore? It's it's a lot of questions on both sides. So I think in the end, the Titans cornerbacks will be the best. I just don't know if I'd rank them above them right now. I I am assuming Caleb Farley, like you've always said, like you have to, you've said all all offseason, like you have to bank on Caleb Farley being a starting outside corner. And if he is ready and prepared and, and healthy enough to be a starting outside corner, then I think he's pretty good. Yeah. If Caleb Farley so. is who he was drafted to be, right. Then obviously the Titans will have the best cornerback group in the in the AFC yes. in the AFC South and possibly one of the better ones in the AFC. That's a first round. I, their their top four is a first round pick, two second round picks, and a third round pick. Yeah. So like that, that it's they've invested in this position, and I think you can tell. I do think this is in uh in the conversation for top five, top three defense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would put him top five. I'm not sure I'm going top three, but I think they're top five for sure. Uh, safety, Kevin Byard, and we'll get to your question, Donovan, here about who do you think can replace Dane Crookshank in dime packages. And this is uh, 
replace replace Dane Crookshank by committee. We'll get to that in a second. But it's Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, uh, Theo Jackson, AJ Moore. I think are the four because Moore's playing a lot of special teams. But is that that's that's the four, right? Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think AJ Moore is a lot to make the team. I think some combination of basically what you said, Theo Jackson, Elijah Molden. Um, I think AJ, I said AJ Moore, uh, Amani Hooker, maybe even Monty Rice can play that cover of the tight end, you know, role, the tight end eraser that Dane Crookshank played. Because to be honest, Dane Crookshank, a lot of people think that he was an eraser and he was spectacular against tight ends. But there's also a lot of times he didn't play a lot of snaps, even against George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. So, he got the highlight and splash plays, but when you go in and look at the snap count and all that kind of stuff, you got to kind of adjust how much was it worth. They were already kind of doing by committee, right? Right. So and that's the thing. If you're if you're asking if Donovan's question is like who is truly the dime back or the nickel back, I think it depends on who you're playing against. If you're playing against a bigger team with more tight ends that want to play more in the box, then I think you're looking at far more of Theo Jackson and Elijah Molden being on the field. You also have to remember Caleb Farley wasn't a part of those dime packages for most of the season last year. And we are now assuming sort of that Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley are your outside corners. So Elijah Molden kind of becomes that Logan Ryan in the box, do everything. You can blitz him. They, and, I'm telling you, they are going to... He did they, well against tight ends. I mean, he, he yeah. for a guy yeah. who is knocked on for his size and his, his athletic, lack of athletic ability... He did really well against some tight ends. I remember him knocking the ball out for some guys and tackling them immediately in the ground because the way that they play defense, they keep the tight end in front of them, so it should be mostly an easy tackle for someone. I could see Elijah Molden with four sacks this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, they are. I think they're going to bring him on delayed blitzes, safety blitzes, nickel blitzes, slot blitzes. I think they're going to use him a lot around the line of scrimmage because that's how physical he is. Uh, I again, I love their the different pieces that they have. It's very arousing to look yeah. at all the different pieces. And I think, I think Amani Hooker is going to get paid a about an eight to ten million dollar a year contract, and I think that's what he's worth. And I think that's great value for the Titans, yep. and they get yep. to keep Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker around for a long time. Uh, and again, I think it's the best secondary in the division. So yeah, I I I would say once you add the safeties, I think they're the best the, the best in secondary special teams uh randy bullock brett kern morgan cox uh, so this is where my fourth roster spot comes in the 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 mystery the can it can be a floater so right. we we've i've said five defensive linemen all sounds that like a, stuff. sounds like a, a floater sounds like a personal problem so. yeah so <laughs> i have ryan stonehouse making the roster oh I have the other punter because punters can good punters, which he is a good punter and a young punter could be picked up by a team that needs a punter off of your practice. So squad. hang on. So two punters and three quarterbacks on your final 53. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we got the talent to do it. We got That's the talent wild. to do it. You don't think they're actually going to do that. Do you? I, I do. I think I, I think that there's a 50% chance that they do. You have convinced me of the third quarterback. I'm going to need some time to get onto the on the second. Here's the thing, Brett Kern. It, they need the backup to Brett Kern. You can't risk putting Ryan Stonehouse on the practice squad. And I think All right. that if you have him on the 53 and Brett Kern starts to falter, 
boom, plug them right in and get them some game action. I, I think preseason is going to tell us a lot, but I'm kind of I'm kind of there that I think yeah. that it, it's Ryan Stonehouse's the MVP punter of the future. Well, I don't. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on the special teams. We did an entire episode on special teams, so if you want to go, you know, see what we think about Craig Ackerman and what they can do to fix the return game and, and all the other issues. Like again, draft a kicker just in the sixth round next year. That's fine. Go check out that episode. It's all over the YouTube pages as well. Anything else you want to add here on the defense? I think that's about it. On I, think the that's about, I think that's it. So of course, uh, Kingston group brings you this product each and every Monday and Thursday. Special thanks to the Kingston group for sponsoring us. Buildkg.com is the website. If you got any questions about your house, any projects, any big projects you're going to do, you're going to buy a house and you're going to renovate something. If you're going to do some, a new wing for your house, a new bedroom, a new garage, you let them know. They will talk you through it. Kingston Group, buildkg.com, of course. Uh, make sure you turn on all the notifications on the YouTube page as well. We got all kinds of great coverage from SEC Media Days next week for you live here on the show. We're going to be on Tuesdays next week instead of Mondays. Uh, so check that out again. Same time slot, 1 p.m., uh, but on Tuesday next week. So can, we can bring you uh, all the things that happened to Nick Saban when he's asked about Jimbo Fisher 4,000 times next next Tuesday. So uh, we'll do that for you coming up next week. Broadway Sports Media, 440 Sports, uh, F-Words Pod. Uh, make sure you follow Zach, interact with Zach. I think you're you're starting to come back to life on the Twitter sphere. I like to see that. The animosity and the, the, the snark is coming back, so I appreciate that. And then give me a follow as well at Braden Golf. So. Yeah. Are you I, closing I got it, it all? out? That's I think it. you is got it everything? all. I think, I think that's it. everything. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you guys for asking questions. Thank you guys for sharing the product. We really appreciate it. Tell everybody about it. Uh, we love you guys for it. Thank you so much. Otherwise, have a great weekend. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.